Saints 24, Giants 6. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got a recap of the Giants' first loss since that first Tommy DeVito start versus the Dallas Cowboys. Magic ran out a little bit in this game. The Giants didn't have the turnovers that they had on offense. The Saints had a very good game plan for the Giants were doing. Uh, we'll get into all of it. Obviously, the playoff stuff was more fun than anything, but that that is officially dead with this loss. And I want I got I think I have some good notes on this game and breaking it down, but I think it comes down to two things off just on each side of the ball. Offensively, I just think that they were their defense was way more talented than the Giants' offense. Uh, and that obviously includes quarterback. And then defensively, even though offensively, which is, was a much worse game than defensively, and it's 24 points at the end of the day is not that much. I, I thought this was the one of the worst called games for Wink. And not in like you're a sieve, but I thought they had the opportunity to do some, this be a great game. And instead, Derek Carr had his best game as a New Orleans Saint. Justin, how are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Yeah, man, a uh, little... Little disappointing. Uh, actually, I, I'm I'm gonna say I I am disappointed. You know, not not only losing the game, but I think ha- how you lost this game does does sting a little bit. And I wanted to view the Saints roster and the Giants roster on possibly a similar level, but especially have a coaching advantage. And to be this non-competitive and bad stinks. Uh, I you know I viewed this chance as an opportunity to continue not just a fun story, but maybe keep the season alive. And to be like this far apart from a team like the Saints, who you know I don't view very fondly, Bobby. I don't think you view them very fondly. And we no, view I think them- the roster talent level was pretty similar still, and that, mm-hmm. and especially with Chris Olave and Ryan Ramchick out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially with those two guys out. Um, you know, view them as a mad team, even with them, but especially with those with those guys out, and to get our ass kicked that bad again, it stinks. And this almost reminded me of that Seattle loss earlier in the year where not only are the Giants far away from the Cowboys and the Eagles, but being far away and getting your ass kicked this bad against teams like the Saints and the Seahawks, I think that's what makes the year 2023 really difficult. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's start with the offense. Let's start with Tommy DeVito, right? Because that's that's the talk, of the talk of the town. 20 of 34, 177 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, seven sacks, four rushes for 36 yards. Now, this wasn't like a disaster game for Tommy DeVito, right? Like if there was one game where the offensive line deserved a lot of blame for the sacks, uh, it was this one. Uh, I, I thought the offensive line had a, a pretty damn bad game. Um, but the Saints had a good game plan for Tommy facing Tommy DeVito where they got aggressive they were blitzing they were stunning and they were really not being overly worried about the deep ball because they were kind of turning their zone the man and they were respecting the deep ball but not being stupid with it either uh you know where the Packers where they just play totally off 10 10 yards off and let you basically do whatever you want DeVito did have some misses in this game um but I want to talk about like the play calling within it because I feel like the, I feel like the Giants' offensive play callers, when they face a defense like the Saints, are like playing with a hand behind their back because their run game doesn't work at all, um, and like they can't really work any of the quick game because Devito's shown that he's not going to operate that well. So you work in this deep or nothing stuff, but the offensive line doesn't hold up in this, and the deep stuff doesn't open up. You also had two wide receiver drops, which would have been first downs too. Like DeVito working the quick game on early downs 
it was a, you know, I think it was an RPO, Hyatt, you know, little, whether it was a slant or a mini post drop. And then Darius Slayton had a drop too. And I think both of those plays might have occurred on early downs. And it's like, yes, those are positive plays. But then those are two drops. Now, it's obviously those are only two plays. And the Giants, you know, I don't even think they crossed the 50-yard line at that point. But, you know, I'm a big believer of even if you get one first down, it can get the momentum going in a drive. And they just didn't have that. And on early downs, Bobby, if you look at EPA per play, um, early downs, first and second down overall. This is uh, early rushes and early passes. First percentile. Um, so that's literally, you can't get much worse than first percentile. I think what would have been worse is if the Giants just didn't run a play. Um, early running on first and second down for EPA per play, they were in the 17th percentile. And then early pass, they were in the second percentile. Uh, there was a point in this game where the Giants had, I believe this was in the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, when you include sacks, the negative plays caused by sacks and penalties, the Giants had a total of minus one yard on all first and 10 plays. The Giants lost this game because they could not operate an offense on early downs. That's why they lost the game. <laughs> yeah, it was basically, one, the running game just is not working. They are a bad run-blocking unit. They've just been bad. They've been bad all year. All year. You, you have this you know this great player in Saquon Barkley who's averaging 4.1 yards per carry. You know His best game of the year was against the Jets where he you know got to run it every single time, or at least best rushing game. Um they're just not able to run the ball successfully and consistently. Like, yeah, they can hand it off a few more times and then Saquon will break one, but that's not a successful running game. They just keep handing it off and hoping Saquon breaks one uh, for you. And then, like you mentioned, when you do have some early down success, you had the drops. Like the Slayton drop, that would have been a third, that would have turned into a third and four. Instead, you're now you're in third and 12 and you got no chance. You know, the Hyatt one was a little inconsequential because they, got the first down anyways and moved it. But at the same time, if he catches that, we'll just say the rest of the drive goes the exact same sequencing. Well, now you have like a 43-yard field goal try instead of you know having to punt the ball, even though that doesn't change much in the game. Um, but again, this the I think it started with the offensive line this game, which that's the run blocking. And then the pass game, uh, they weren't really able to protect enough to let deep stuff open up because the Saints were good in their coverage. And... Here, here's where, and this is where it's like, if this was not Tommy DeVito at quarterback, I'd be a little more critical of the play calling because there really wasn't much check down options, right? And there was like, hey, you should be working some quick game versus a defense that's playing like this, right? Let, let some guys, but DeVito has shown that he kind of can't work that timing and against aggressive defense like that, that can lead to turnovers. And then there, when there is times like that you can get to the checks, DeVito, doesn't get to it, right? Like one of the sacks was on a first and 10 and DeVito just doesn't like, just doesn't throw it. Just does, just doesn't throw it. There's a check there. He's staring deep down the field, hoping something opens it up and doesn't throw it. And now you've, now you've got a second and 18 instead of a second and five. Um, so I feel like they're in a tough spot and we've talked about like how against the commanders and, uh, you know, the Patriots, like, Hey, it worked somewhat because, you know, the quick game stuff, What like he's not going to work this anyway, so work this deep yeah. or nothing. But the defense didn't have a stellar performance for that deep or nothing to work out. We've we've nitpicked DeVito, and if you want to continue talking about DeVito, we, we can. But I, I, have a, I have a pressing, pressing question for you. Why can't the Giants run the ball in 2023 after having so much success with it last year? 
Well, they're trying to do more zone running, which I think they need to get back to some of their pin and pull, which they're not doing a lot of. But when team, when people said last year, like, oh, teams are just keying in on the run. And it's like they definitely put more emphasis on the run defense than they do most other teams. But I, that was to me, that was over-exaggerated besides like the Texans game, right? And remember the Texans, they just they sold out to stop the run. Teams are doing that against the Giants, right? And it led to like the Tommy DeVito uh, re, uh, zone read options. Those are successful because they are selling out to stop Saquon Barkley. Um, so one day you don't, you don't have a quarterback that you really respect his legs as a runner. One, two, I just think they're not blocking as well up front and they're running more zone stuff, which they're not good at. Um, and teams are truly like selling out to stop the run. And they're having safeties crash in late and moving and jumping guys into different gaps. And it's just causing havoc up front. And they're not able to run the ball well. Like they're just, uh, they're just a bad run, blo- like they're bad run blocking and teams are throwing crazy different run fits at them. And they don't have like the, per- like the quarterback and personnel and pass blocking to make them pay for, you know, playing their run de- uh, offense like that. Yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> That's all. It's probably the Giants just not being able to run the ball. I'm not even saying particularly today. But I think there's a- horrible communication up front too. Like, yeah, like yeah. we we got a Bobby Johnson has to be fired. Yes. You cannot have these offensive line performers. JMS had his war. Like we'll talk about. I I I went and threw all the sacks to see exactly what happened. JMS had his worst performance of the season. Right, like it's it's out unless you're Andrew Thomas or Tyree Phillips who's gotten better at pass blocking as a tackle since going to Philly like you're not seeing any growth in any of these players like and I'm no. confident that if Tyree Phillips didn't leave we would not have seen the growth uh in him that we we've seen right where like he looks his technique is so much different than what it was last year and then we watched him in camp Justin and when we when they were moving paired ahead of him we're like yeah this is kind of deserved he looks horrible in camp yep and then he goes away for a month and then all of a sudden becomes a better player Pew also dealing with the injury. Uh, probably shouldn't have been playing on that injury. He had his worst game. Um, yeah, th- I, this is not a well-coached offensive line unit, right? Like this, we have three more weeks in the season. Bobby Johnson has to be moved on before Brad Brian Dable. Yeah. Um, and it's like they're missing stunts, right? Like Pew, I, I'll go through the sacks. Pew gave a sack on that play action early game, just bad on Pew. Pew gets bullied by 96 on a third and 12. And then JMS totally blew a stunt pickup. Right, which with JMS, like at least the one thing with him, it's like, man, the guy's cer- cerebrally, he's he's got it figured out. He doesn't make uh, mental mistakes. In fact, he's like usually ahead and picking stuff up. He just, I, I, like, just totally whiffed on a stunt. Like, did not see it like Will Hernandez level. The next one, uh, uh, Pew, like Pew just doesn't stay connected on it, and and then uh, Brzee gets in there. And then there's another one I count as a sack. There's an intentional grounding. There's no outlets for Devito. Pew sack on blitz where Devito doesn't throw. And then Tyree Phillips uh, was beat, but Devito doesn't get to the checkdowns. And then JMS and Tyree were beat towards the end of the game. It's just not a well coached offensive line unit. No, no. And I view their inability to run the ball. I mean, I guess it's paired with. What would you say is second? All right, because obviously, all right, so there's defenses that are making a sustained and clear effort to, all right, we're going to hone in on Saquon Barkley, hone in on Saquon Barkley. Is it 
quarterback play? Is it like lack of respect for a deep game? It's I, I don't think it's receivers. I think the receivers are having a good year. We talked about that on the mailbag last week. Like what's second that is resulting in these defenses on keying in on Saquon Barkley? Because I, I think no matter how much I hate running the ball, like, oh, you should throw the ball in early downs, work quick game and stay ahead of the sticks. The Giants not being able to run the ball at all in 2023 is also a huge element and a huge factor as to why the offense is bad, along with quarterback being really inconsistent. So what's the what's the question exactly? So like what what's the what's the what is the second reason as to like why like okay defenses are honing in on Saquon Barkley. What's like the number two reason as to why defenses can do that? And like, well, their offensive line's not just not good run blockers, and they have bad okay. communication up front. And you know, I know we, we go back to camp. Like they really like. Remember last year in camp, like they were able to run the ball real well. And we even like coined, like not coined the phrase. We yeah, we started using ball. the phrase "run the damn ball." Like at least they can run the damn ball well. This year, like they basically didn't run the ball at all in training camp. No, it was a passing camp for a month and a half. Right, like they just have bad communication. They've had the you know play musical chairs with the offensive line, uh, and they're just a bad run unit. And when you don't have communication and you're getting all these run blitzes sent at you, well, then it's like on crack. And I think they need to get more to their pin and pull stuff, which is like they did that so well last year, and then this year they're just not running at all. Um, you know, maybe that's because I don't know, like they don't want Andrew Thomas out and running on. You know, the sprain MCL. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what reason they do it, but when they've ran it, they've ran it to some fairly well, good success, but they don't run it. And that is where you can go on the play calling, too. It's like, why aren't we kind of running these pin and pull runs that you had so much success with last year? I know they're not, they're more gimmicky runs, but they at least worked. And some of the be- best Saquon runs this year and last year were on the pin and pulls, like the, the game versus the Titans. Those were pin and pull runs where Saquon had those big explosive runs. And you're just not really, you're really not like throwing those out there consistently yeah like you're trying to run counter and 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 wide zone and that's basically it and a little bit of duo so yeah it's, it's a badly it's a badly coached offensive line and it's a badly performing offensive line uh and teams are playing aggressive against it right like you go watch those zone reads by devito the entire defense is just flowing with that there's no respect to it too and, and that can have a little bit of part of it too it's like you don't have the respect for DeVito's legs that you do DJ's um obviously DeVito can run a little bit but like team's game plan for Daniel Jones legs they're not really game planning for DeVito's yeah all right they're like moments you want to touch on like offensively I mean I feel like we've touched on DeVito like yeah it is you know he can't really work the quick game sure took sacks but a lot of it's the offensive line I don't really put like a ton of fault on DeVito just because they can't I mean, he didn't play well, but f- this wasn't like a oh my gosh, Devito disaster no. screwed the Giants out of this game. Like no. now, I think the biggest hit against him is like, hey, the teams are playing the Giants because of like this because Devito is their quarterback. Where it's like, hey, if we know we get a rush, it doesn't need to be quick initial wins, but if we win at some point in the rep, we're going to get a lot of sacks because he holds onto the ball, right? Because they don't feel comfortable with him working quick game, and if we can just cover halfway decent down the field, we're going to be in good shape. Right. Yeah. So there are any, any specific moments uh, like, uh, so here, so here are some of the specific moments. I saw you tweet this out about how like the, most of the giants offensive success uh, basically came on the back of penalties that saved drives that would have ended in punts. 
Um, oh yeah, that's the run, not fun. The, <laughs> the running into the punter that was the first field goal drive, and the second one was the unnecessary roughness on Daniel Bellinger, um, which that was a, I mean that was as bullshit of a call as there was. Which I obviously knew that and tweeted it out sarcastically, and a few people didn't pick up, and I was like, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm leaning oh, into this one a little into bit. It. Yep. Um, but he's like, no, no one agrees with you. I was like, actually, the referees who are paid to do this, buddy, uh, agree with me. Um, that's what we should start doing to the people who be like, dude, you're going to tell a guy who played the game how to do it. I'm gonna be like, you tell a referee who's, have you ever refereed? Um, and then we'll get some people like, yeah, I actually refereed in high school. All right. Uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? About, so uh, yeah, fire Bobby Tommy Johnson. Do, do you, fire Bobby Johnson. I'm, I'm trying to think of moments. Tommy DeVito getting, do you think he was acting? I actually think he was, he was acting and he was pissed off afterwards. I, I I actually well I believed him I thought he I thought he KO'd there for a second. No, I I I'm pretty sure he was acting. He was kind of pissed off afterwards. Oh, here, here, do you want to throw a little grenade? Sure. How much better does the offense look if Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback in this game? I think it looks better. Like, yeah, but at the better. same time, they've already committed to this shit. You can't like the idea of and Dable said that after the game. Like he's the only thing he, this is the only answer he gave in the press conference really was that like DeVito's a starter. Once you've already went to DeVito, you got to go with it. If you if you go yeah. back to Tyrod now, you look indecisive and with you look like you have very like it's that's to me is a worse look than even going to Vito in the first place. Um yeah, I agree. So you have to do it. Especially after this game, right? Like now, Philly, it could be a different story if it's such a disaster, right? But this one game wasn't like a true disaster game for Devito. It was just not good. Um, receiver wise, yeah, the Slayton Hyatt drops obviously hurt them. Waller being back was nice. He only had twenty six snaps, but had that twenty nine yarder on the third and twelve they converted. Um, he did have a miss block that led to a bad play. Uh, on on a passing play on another third down. Here, I want to say something. You tweeted this, and I fully agree. Daniel Bellinger on that third and nine to start the game, where they end up getting the rough of the punter. I was shocked shoulder. he didn't get that first down. I was sh- when he caught that ball. I was like, okay, first down automatically. He always gets that. I was shocked that he didn't get that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of it. Like moment, moment wise, that's that's really there was nothing really on good. offense. It was just the most bland no. offensive game of the year because there was no turnovers that like changed the game. It was just. Truly, they were a much better defensive unit than the Giants were offensive unit. And the Giants, I felt like, were coaching with one hand behind their back because they can't really operate consistent quick game. And they can't run the ball, which, again, I think they can do things to run the ball better, but they're not going to be a good running team either. So I, I felt like, yeah, there's there's things you, again, I, I criticize of offensive play calling in this game, but they're really minor compared to the grand scheme of things in this game. Yeah, uh, And they've been doing a pretty solid job the last month coaching up to veto yeah i mean I, I there were times where i was yelling like first and 10 second and 10 let's stop running the ball but in in retrospect it's like well what do you i i don't know the i don't know the alternative i like, i don't know what you're gonna you know hey let's let's take a sack on first and 10 and second and 10 now i i i know a couple weeks ago i would have said well justin you know you're, you're gonna take a sack take a sack on third down take a sack on second down whatever but i i, I don't know man there, there was nothing that was gonna play calling wise that was going to rectify this game i feel they, they got their ass kicked they got their ass kicked and that's what's disappointing is that I, these two rosters shouldn't be this far apart from each other and that's disappointing do you want to talk about something um 
Yeah. I honestly thought about wanting to talk about like the Giants and Saquon need to just stop this stupid this relationship and move on from each other for the both better of both sides. I've had that opinion for a couple years now. But it's just like I don't even have the, uh, the like it's it's like I don't again it's the joke I made at the trade deadline is like the we're not trading you is sounding more like a threat every day. Uh that that it doesn't happen. Uh Justin, I do want to talk to you about something, and it's about Copilot. Copilot is a personalized fitness solution. Every individual is unique, so your fitness journey should be too. Copilot's app links you with an affordable, real-life fitness coach who customizes workouts tailored to your individual needs and goals. And it's not just like, oh, you know, these apps, like, oh, you got your own personal coach, and you get just some random messages. No, they I, we talk with them. They actually talk with you. They talk about your schedule, their understanding, like, hey, you got this these days. Like, the, let's let's make the, mess, the most out of what we can do. So Copilot's really the best. It's the best. Um, and, uh, and they were very, the meeting was very good, and they're helpful. If you uh, mess up on something, they, they are there to help you. Like, they are good. So they give you completely personalized workouts with step-by-step guidance. Your coach will continuously update every workout to help you reach your goals. Workout plans tailored by your coach to be enjoyable and effective. Regularly, uh, regular progress check-in, support, and guidance. Workout programs designed around your specific lifestyle. Ability to work out at your convenience with or without a gym. I'd love for you to follow my lead to get fit and feel fabulous. Fabulous. Give Copilot a try to find out why it was listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer app of 2023. That's crazy. Listen closely. Head to go.mycopilot.com slash giants to get a 14-day free trial and 20% off your first month of personalized fitness with your own personal trainer if you sign up before February 1st, 2024. Uh, that's go.mycopilot.com slash giants to get a free 14 day trial and 20% off your first month. Sign up on, uh, for the new year and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. You'll be glad you did. All right. Defensively, I've been kind of waiting to talk about this defense because this is where I have a little more passion and this is where I'm going to be more critical because I really hated this game coaching wise defensively. You had Derek Carr who struggles against pressure, right? And I know. The offense sucks, so you got a lot on your plate. Like we need you to play hero ball every week defense. It's not it's not fair. We get it. But you had Derek Carr, who is struggles mightily against pressure. You had Ryan Ramchick out. You had Chris Olave out. You basically their two best offensive players were out. And you've had a quarterback who's sucked all year. Struck with pressure. You should have attacked his ass like you did Sam Howell and Zach Wilson. I'm serious. You should have attacked him that way. Obviously, he's not as bad as those two guys. But this is the way you should have attacked him. And I went and charted because I'm like, are my eyes deceiving me? Are they blitzing? Are they not? And Wink sat back in zone all day. And Derek Carr and the Saints offensive coordinator were able to eat up their zone. They took advantage of guys like Cordell Flott. They were able they they were able to like Carr was in the pocket all day. And Carr had his best game as as a New Orleans Saint. Like by far. Went 23 of 28, 218 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh you know, one sack, you know, the edge rushers, and this is on the edge rushers, not necessarily coaching, but Kayvon and Aziz didn't do shit. Dex where, you know, Dex was getting doubled and triple teamed like crazy. Uh, like this was just bad game and bad player execution to me all around besides Pinnock, O'Karake, and McFadden. 
Like, obviously, those guys weren't free of mistakes. Pinnock had a, a couple big uh, mistakes, but even the touchdown we'll talk about, it's a hard play to make. We had the DPI that really killed him. But to me, I hated this coaching this coaching game plan for this game. Like we talked about on the preview pod, go at his ass. And they sat back in zone and rushed for the majority of the game, and they just ate it up. I was, I was sickened to have Wink Martindale as my defense coordinator, and he let Derek Carr carve him up. I feel like this happens every once in a while, man. And I feel like it takes us always by surprise when it happens. We're usually the worst defensive games that the Giants have. We're coming on this pod after the game and we're saying, why was Mike Martindale so conservative? Why was Mike Martindale so conservative? Right? I feel like those are always the worst defensive games when we come on a postgame pod. That's the question that we're asking ourselves. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, the the playoff pod, right? Well, we're fucking thrilled, but we're like, offensive, defensively, why the hell did you sit back and let them carve you up all game? Um, here, I'm, I'm going to go through some stats, and I went and charted all of this, right? Because I used to do this after every game in 2019, like the four-man rush, five-man rush, and I, I went back and did this, and I charted uh, results on these plays, too. Oh, this, is a, this like, is a James Betcher thing that we, <laughs> that we yeah, would do. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I went... Four-man rush, 17 plays. Five-man rush, 11 plays. Six-man, two. Seven-man, one. So technically a 45% blitz rate, but I think the blitz rate number can be a little deceiving because uh, Wink will play with five-man fronts. And when you rush three defensive tackles, two which are run stoppers, and then cave on Aziz, to me that's not like a true blitz. So what I did is I also categorized non-front rushes where a linebacker or DB blitzes. So that they had 10 plays of that. That was essentially their best plays, or sorry, 11 plays of that. That was essentially their best plays of this game, Justin. And I went through the the results of it. The Giants had successful results on seven of the 11 plays. And then two of the unsuccessful plays were penalties, which we'll talk about. And one was a four-man rush anyways, but they had Jihad Ward drop and, and Isaiah Simmons rush. So... The first one, third down check down at the beginning of the game, stop. Successful. Then you get the Pinnock sack on third down. Successful. Then you get the switch splits where, you know, Carr is like 41 the mic. You know, 41, 41, setting the protection to him. They run a switch splits. Okereke basically has the sack, but Carr has an intentional grounding. To me, that's a sack. Yes. Then you get an incompletion. Then you get a 20-yard pass. This was the worst one. on a, But again, this was the four-man rush. Where you had Simmons blitz and, and Jihad Ward drop, right? So the least successful out of these ones that I'm qualifying truly wasn't a blitz. You only rushed four. Then you had the bullshit holding on a Dory Jackson on third down. Like that was the, besides the Daniel Bellinger unnecessary roughness, that was the worst call of the game. That was the total bullshit call. Then you had an incomplete pass. Then you had a six yard screen on third and 10 successful. Uh, then a 16 yard screen, which was obviously, um, successful. The Pinnock defensive pass interference, which again, Good call. Pinnock just kind of got to have your head on a swivel, make a play on the ball, and then they're they're kicking a field goal there. And then you had an incomplete pass. Like, their best plays by far were when they got aggressive on Derek Carr. And I feel like if they, again, treated him like he was Sam Howell and, and Zach Wilson, yeah, could they maybe have had a couple more explosives? Sure. But instead, you let them carve your ass up all game and I think if you play them like that you're getting three and outs you are forcing turnovers you're getting yeah you're gonna give up a screen but I feel like they would have had so much more success if they got aggressive and went after Carr who again sucks versus pressure sucks versus pressure and it, that hasn't showed up all season but it showed up in this game when they actually ran some blitzes they were able to to you know 
to get their their best plays of the day on defense. Like basically their only successful plays on passing defense were blitzes. Everything else was unsuccessful. Yeah, uh, you know, Giants on offense were two for 16 on third down. They were three for five on fourth down. I think a lot of that came later in the game. Uh, I think in the first half, they only converted one third down. But the Saints overall were six for 12 on third down, zero for zero on fourth down. And honestly, like, I don't even think on early downs the Saints were that good. But what they were doing, they had third and three, third and four, third and five. And I think, you know, Wink Martindale and this Giants defense, how good they've been on third down this all all year, and especially the second half of the year, they've been so good. They've been so good on third down. And when you have third and four, third and five, and you're not bringing the pressure, you're not bringing the heat, you're not dictating the terms of the game, that's when I think the Saints and Derek Carr, they were able to just pick away, pick away, pick away. You know, okay, we're going to get seven yards on a third and five, six yards on a third and four, and... That's what they were able to do. They really weren't able to run the ball that well. But even when they ran the ball, they would get three, four yards, and they avoided negative plays, and the Giants weren't making the Saints play left-handed, and they weren't dictating the terms of the game like they normally do. And that's how the Giants' defense has been winning the last couple weeks, by forcing turnovers, creating those negative plays, and making an offense feel comfortable, and they really just didn't do that today. You never got them off schedule, right? Like no, all those, never. Most of those blitzes were, all thir- were mostly third downs. You never got them off schedule. Like, Derek Carr had five incompletions. Three of the five were on those plays that I just listed out. Um, so that's what's frustrating. And then on top of that, not just coaching, player execution. I mean, Kayvon and Aziz, man, like, to get shut out of this game is, is not good. Like, this is not a game where you guys should have been shut out. This should have been a game where you guys ate and people like, well, they played against bad tackles. Like, don't care. They took advantage of the o- opponent against them, and they did not. Uh, and... Uh, Adora Jackson is making the decision on him much easier. Like he's continuing to struggle. Oh he's, yeah, like that's been you that know. Uh, that holding call is terrible on Juwan. Juwan Johnson's a tight end. Why are you holding him? Oh man? no, that to me that's a bullshit holding call. Watch the replay of that. He doesn't hold him at all. I think I think he ho- the the replay. I think he holds him earlier in the play. And I want you to and I want you to find this. I think he holds him earlier in the play, and I think the replay that they showed on the broadcast was a bad replay. I think he held him earlier in the play. Possibly. That's my theory. Possibly. But the replay they showed, there was no holding on the night. No, there, the replay that they showed, there was no holding. But I think earlier in the play, he did hold him because he was going to get beat initially. But Adoree Jackson should have the makeup speed to get there, man. You can't do that. And that's also another frustrating thing where you, you expect more out of this Giants defense. You know, look look at the box score for the Saints. You know, how many tackles for loss they created? I know the Giants' offensive line sucks. How many tackles for loss they created? How many pass deflections they have? How many sacks did they have? And, like, if you compare all those box score stats and the stuff that, you know, we're you know we're praising Xavier McKinney for having pass deflections. We're praising Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau for tackles for loss. We're praising Kayvon Thibodeau for sacks. You know, uh, that's bad. That's a really bad, like, it shouldn't be this wide of a margin between these two teams. And th- again, they just got their ass kicked. I think if they play aggressive, we're talking about a wink masterclass in this game. Like really, and we talk, they, they won again. I've said it a million times. Carr sucks against the blitz. They don't have any receiving threat that truly worries you, right? Like Rashid Shahid's fine. He's solid, but he doesn't really worry you. Um, Without Chris Olave. And they're an offensive line that struggles to set protections, right? Like they ran one switch blitz 
And you get Okereke as a free rusher and an intentional grounding. Where it's like, man, the Wink Martindale I know would spam that switch splits. Like, I've seen him do that before. It's like, you found a leak in their protection. And they just didn't attack that, right? And I get, hey, the expectations for me are much higher on the defense than the offense, right? It's not fair that the defense has to win every single game. But I... I felt like you lost playing soft. And that's not what I expected out of this defense no. in this game specifically. Like playing Philly, it's tough. Like you you they kind of have answers for everything unless you are just as talented as them as them, right? So Philly, there's not really a game plan that Wink is gonna throw out there where it's like, man, if they did this differently, the things would be better. But against New Orleans, you at, I mean the, the blueprint was staring them right in the face. And I feel like they you know why I really think they didn't do it? Is because Alvin Kamara and screens. I really think it was the screen game that worried them because, you know, that obviously leaves you vulnerable over screens and Alvin Kamara can kill you in those. But I, I, I truly think that's what it was is they were worried about being vulnerable on screens and giving big plays with Alvin Kamara. And to me, yeah. it, it was much more worth to go after Derek Carr than, than have that. And you had Derek Carr, again, have his best game as a Saint by far. By yeah. far. And it's not like any of these scoring drives, the Saints were particularly pinned down. Um, you know, so again, that got that goes to the Giants offense not being able to help out the defense again. I mean, there are three scoring drives for sixty-eight yards, sixty-eight yards, sixty-five yards, eleven plays, ten plays, eleven plays. So again, they're just chipping away, chipping away. Six minutes, twenty-four seconds, six minutes, fourteen seconds. And I think we have six minutes and 35 seconds here. So they just chipped away. They chipped away. Nothing big necessarily. They didn't really run the ball that well. And then the field goal that they had, um, I thought that was very clearly on the Giants offense where all the Saints had to do was go five plays for 25 yards. They kicked a field goal to make it six to 17. That was basically the Giants offense giving the Saints three points. Um, and at definitely at that point, even when it's six to 14, you kind of feel like the game's over. But when it's six to 17, even yeah, though the game's was... not over, it when it's six to 17, you definitely feel like the game's over. And that was it. And that was and that was the third quarter. Um, and that was and that was that was basically it. And that's why it sucks to be on the defense for the Giants right now. Is it gets to that point and it's you're kind of fighting a losing battle at that point. Um, but I just I expected more. Why don't you talk to us about something? Because I want to talk about some coverage stuff. I want I want to talk about Cordell Flott kind of living up to his mo. Uh, why don't you talk to us about something, Justin? Bobby Skinner, I have a question for you. What would you do if you won $543 million? What was the first thing you would buy? I'd buy myself a house. You'd buy a yourself house, a house? But I'd buy myself a house. How many die car, die cast cars do you think you can afford with $543 million? Uh, do the math. Let's see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big game hunting. I'm gonna get 150 dollars ones. So 543 yep. million divided by 150, uh, three million six hundred twenty thousand. Whoa, that's quick math. Well, that's the current Powerball jackpot. How do you like that? And jackpot. today's today's sponsor, Jackpot.com. Jackpot. Let's you play the lottery right now from your phone? What? You could play Mega Millions, Powerball, New York Lotto, and more. There's no need to go and stand in line at the convenience store anymore. Whenever really? I'm when it, yeah, no need. This is when an no amazing need. app. 
All you have to do is download the jackpot.com lottery app. So whenever I go to a convenience store and I get myself a soda and I see people standing in there, oh, can I have this? Can I have that? No need to even do that anymore because all you have to do is go on your phone. Let's get those people out of the line at the gas station. Get them out. Get them out. There's nothing worse than someone that's got, you know, their 30 lotto tickets like holding up the line at the at the gas station. So it's like, hey, I understand it, but I can't be too mad at you because you, you got to do what you got to do. Your ass better have jackpot. If you're one of those people and you don't have jackpot, we're going to jack you up. Jackpot.com lottery app. It's super easy. I want you to download the jackpot.com lottery app. Choose a game. Pick your favorite numbers or let jackpot.com choose for you. Choose your own numbers. Get freaky. Plus, we have the free hookup for a free ticket. All you have to do is use code GIANTS when you make a deposit. That means you have a chance to win a lot of money, and that's $543 million for free if you use code GIANTS in the jackpot.com lottery app. So click the link below or to download or go to jackpot.com and make sure you use code GIANTS at checkout. You'll be glad you did. You always have to pick the same numbers. That's every time they win, it's like, did you have – no? yeah, these are the numbers I've always picked. That's just the way – that's the way odds go. Like every every time that it doesn't come up those numbers, your odds get better. So don't – don't do quick picks. So pick, get your numbers, pick them for the rest of your life. Pick those numbers for the rest of your life. One of the really big ones from like two years ago was in the same city as me. And it's like, son of a bitch. If I went to that Publix, I would have been it. But I should have just went to Jackpot. Now the Jackpot's alive. Um, you'd be glad you did. One thing Adora Jackson's getting blamed on is the Jawan Johnson touchdown. That was 100% on Cordell Flott. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to break down this film. I'm not excited, but I put this in the <laughs> film review to explain this type of coverage. And it's like the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban created cover three man match co- coverage, right? Which is like cover three. It was getting killed by four verts because there's only three deep. So the seams are open, right? The middle safety has to take one side. The seams are open. So this was made to beat that where if the slot receiver car- has vertical... The slot corner, whose usual responsibility is the flats, he um, uh, he plays inside leverage and and carries carries that vertical with that right carries just just hey if if that's what they run they do, so Jawan Johnson just throws a little outside head fake which gets flat like okay I'm playing the flats that's my original coverage and then flat totally cha- like falls for that and then Jawan Johnson t- turns it up and then he's up the seam easy touchdown especially when the pass rush isn't getting there and it is consistent how Cordell Flott just he makes you question like is what is this coverage that consistently whenever they're running their zones he is the one player that if they did fire wink and added a defensive coordinator who's more zone based uh who is like you're not a fit and also I know Flott makes good plays but here's the thing is and this didn't show up in this game really Man, your nickel corner's got to be able to stop the run. And I know he's fun and makes plays, and there's good plays that Flop makes that, like, Darnay Holmes wouldn't make. But I just feel like he's too much of a liability in zone coverage and in the run game to where I just don't think that he is a four-long player for the Giants, despite the fact that he's had flashes of really good play and he's made big plays. You know, if you're on if you're on third and long in man coverage, I want Cordell Flawed out there. Um, but it's... Nickel corner, again, is one of those positions where it's not about the great play. It's just about the down-in, down-out contributing type plays. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I 100% agree, especially especially against the run, man. Um, it's been a huge element of this of this year's defense, and I, I think it's 
it's hurt the defense overall, having Deontay Banks and Cordell Flott. Just, and even Dory Jackson hasn't been the same in this this no, year. No, he's been I bad thought. in that too. All the corners have been all really bad in that. All of them. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i with you. Where I, I, even if you go back to the summer and, and you listen, it's like there there's not, there's very few players on this roster that I'm rooting for more than Cordell Flott because I feel like he could change the overall offseason plans for the Giants. If that's one less spot that we have to worry about, and if he can be physical and he can back up a lot of the stuff, that some of the stuff that he showed at LSU and he can get bigger, stronger, smarter, whatever, and I, I'm not penciling him in this offseason as somebody that's a reliable piece that, oh, the Giants don't have to worry about their nickel corner. I think they have to look to continue to upgrade it again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's like I, I'm – if I when I'm watching nickel corner film, um, I'm watching how they play the run. I'm, I'm watching how they play the run. Uh, also, I want to just break this touchdown. Not the Jimmy Graham touchdown. That one's obvious. Play action jumbo. He got open. Uh, the I think Kirk the Kirk. Not sure sure what the Bills Kirkwood. The touchdown he gave. I'm pretty sure Pinnock might have messed that up. But that was that's a hard thing to to cover when you're rushing four down the red zone and you get no pass rush at all like it was a good play call where they ran the two corners and it's against like a, a, a you know a four deep red zone quarter zone they ran the two corners which naturally kind of occupies both the corner and the safety because if the safety doesn't go with that you just throw it inside and it's a touchdown if the corner you know plays flat on it then you throw it outside for a corner so it's hard to blame Pinnock on that even though I think he should have gotten off that quicker and then they had like the two they were running mesh and they had the two guys sit and then they had the in route right where it's like basically at four guys like taking up coverage and then the in the the dig route in the middle got open so that technically I think was on Pinnock but I, even if Pinnock plays that well that still might end up being a touchdown and again that's the frustration with playing that type of defense is like that's like and and also on the pass rush like the pass rush even and this is where you can defend wink a little bit in it is like yeah I didn't think Kayvon and Aziz would get shut out by the tackles in this game right like I felt I thought those guys can win that battle consistently and they weren't able to um, two QB hits today, one by Jason Pinnock, and I thought I'm 95% sure the NFL scorebook counts sacks as QB hits. And then another one by Bobby O'Karakai. The, no, uh, the intentional grounding. That's it. Yeah, the that's intentional it. grounding, which again was two, they're two of their blitzes where they sent, uh, you know, non, non defense alignment. None by Dex, none by, uh, I was about to say Leo, none by Dex, none by Aziz, none by Kayvon, uh, none by Boogie Basham. But you mean healthy scratch boogie basham? I mean healthy scratch boogie basham. Oh, where was your where was your where was uh where was your boy? They didn't tonight? use him. He got he came in on one play on defense and they oh. held him. They held him. He was calling for the holding call and then they put him in for the kneel down. Oh, that's he had I a tackle on the boogie kickoff. Basham. He had the tackle on the kickoff. That's why I thought it was boogie basham because I saw that somebody with a number forty got complained that he was getting held, and they I, I think the issue was is that they threw like two flags like two plays prior and I think the officials didn't want to throw a flag on the third play in a row. Should we change the podcast name back? I think we should. I was I was waiting for you to do that. Uh, do we have to wait like let's, two months? To let me do it? it. Let me do it right now. Do it right now. It was very funny. Um, uh, one of our uh, press conference clips got uh, you know, embedded by uh. Ari Marov. Yeah. And shout out to John Armwood, I believe, asked that question. He was the reporter that asked that question. I went to high school with John Armwood. 
So I don't even know the password for anything anymore because I'm going to guess it's this. Very funny also seeing our, our socials accounts like make Instagram graphics and it's like, you know, this Tommy DeVito stat or this or this injury report update and it just says, you know, Whitley, Whitley pod. Yeah, um, I'm trying to, how do I change the name of this account? Oh, no. We're stuck with it forever. That would be funny. Stuck with it forever. We need Benton Whitley to get a sack or interception, and then he is podcast worthy. Podcast interview worthy. Okay. But we have just kind of set the tone. We are, uh, okay, this is a lot easier doing it from your phone. A lot easier from your phone. Save, Talking Giants, say, uh, what's going on with here? Authenticate your account. Oh, here we go. Match the number of rocks with the number on the left. What does that even mean? Oh, now I got it. Okay. Do, 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 Can do, I have my rocks? Do, 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 do. None of these options has two rocks. None of these. Oh, no. Is this thing fucking with me? We're done. I'm, oh, this was it. They're really close together. Sure. That was a good one. All right, figure it out later. There's, there's, you've, there's you've proven one more you're thing. human. Talking Giants is an account. There's, uh, there's one. There's at least one more thing we could talk about. What's that? Um. Well, do we want to? I'll give you an option. The tank is back on. Uh, yeah, that's number one. Seventh. And number two. Uh, these three, these three wins that we had were, were meaningless. Um, I, I got in a little, not, not really hot water. I think most people agree with me, but I did get 60 replies on a video that I put out where I said the, those wins were not meaningless that even in early October, and I understand even in early October, when we put out a poll and the athletic put out a poll where it basically said 90% people still favored Brian Dable. Let's just say the giants don't win those three games, Bobby, like, Oh, these three, these three wins were meaningless. The Giants are approaching possibly losing seven games in a row, close to Pat Shermer's nine games in a row, in which he lost in 2019. If if we're on a seven-game losing streak, we're not winning the remainder of the three games, right? Because two of them are against the Eagles and the one, one is against the Rams. Brian Dable has lost 10 games in a row, and you're not telling me that New York is burning and wanting oh, Brian Dable's head. on fire. Now, I don't know. He may get... like. I, I still think he probably wouldn't get fired, but then you have the wink and Dables, or not the wink and Dables, the winks, the wink stuff probably gets accelerated, but that might even be done anyways. We don't know. Um, Kafka, like I don't, I don't know exactly how it plays out, but I just know like the heat is up to a million. Now you don't, you don't have to win all three. Here's the thing: at the end of the day, Justin, we talk about this. Like players, coaches don't take. Like I know, like explaining trying to like explaining that like it's some like profound point it's like yeah it's obvious right but it's just to me it's not really a conversation worth having because like they're they're gonna try and win like even when we were in on the tanks like we obviously knew they're gonna try and win and we're like hey if they win we're not gonna cry about it like yeah do i obviously wish the giants had the third pick in the draft right now absolutely absolutely but it's as out of my control and a good like a good coaches Brian Dable, like, he's, he made this from not being a disaster. Bad coaches, Correct. this would have been a disaster already. Like, they would have lost those three games in a row, and they would have shown reasons of why they probably should have been fired. 
I mean, if anything, because they won three games. Brian Dale for being a good coach. If anything, because they won three. I understand they won three games, and one was against a, a bad New England team, and the offense didn't look that good to begin with. One was against a Washington team where, you know, that that defense is absolutely horrible and putrid. And, hey, good solid win against the Packers. And that's why this game stinks so much is because this was a – the Saints game was could have been a nice litmus test to see where the Giants are. And once again, they failed miserably, right? I think the but, Packers are a little bit of frauds too. Right. And, 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 and another defense coordinator that should maybe deserve to get fired, even though the I guess the scoring numbers for that defense isn't too bad. But there have been like analytics people that I followed for years that have called Joe Barry frauds and the Packers defense. Oh, Packers defense is top 10 in scoring. No, they're not. So they the analytics and film people actually agree with Joe Barry, um, which I find to be funny. But still, I look at that three game winning streak. And the good offensive performances that they had against Washington and they had against the Packers, like I view that favorably for Brian Dable. Like it was, it was, it was the it was a really good game plan against the Commanders. And then seeing the development of Tommy DeVito in the Green Bay game was nice, and that is a plus for Brian Dable. It's a, and, and it's even a plus for Mike Kafka. It's a plus for the staff. And without that, like yeah, would I still be? confident that Brian Dable is a good coach? Yes, because he won Coach of the Year in 2022, and you can't take away that success. But if it's a 10-game losing streak, and, and they're losing out, and they have a top three pick, I, that confidence isn't the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to me, not. but I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at, I know I got in on the tank, but I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, this is why, this is why I've always really never talked about it, because like it's coaches, coaches, players play. Right? right, and I'm not. I will never be mad for coaches having a good game plan, and I'll never be mad at players for playing well. Never, I'm just never. Gonna, I will never ever be mad at that. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I wanted them to lose. Then they won, and I'm like, okay, well, now I want them to win because I'm a fan of the Giants, and I and I and I like that they win. Now they went on the winning streak. The playoffs are basically done, and now I, I mean, want the playoffs them to are lose mostly again. done before this, anyways, right? Like that's why yeah. I, I said yes. it. I said it on on the post game Packers pod. Like, hey, I am right now disappointed that the pick is up to eight. Like, I I am disappointed about that, but I'm not going to bitch about yeah. coaches coaching and players playing. Well, now I'm back on, and I, and I, and odds are I I don't even need to root for them to lose because the Rams are good and the Eagles are good, and odds well, that, are we're going to lose those. Three I'll games. give you a little secret too. Uh, what you root for or tweet about on Twitter makes no impact on uh yeah on the games right right makes your life a lot better when you uh when you realize that one yeah. um but I mean I I, I really want to make clear and I I think it does make sense that the Giants winning even a little bit in the middle of the year like I think it does matter it it matters for the team it matters for the franchise and i'm not even going to throw the c word around the c no word no i don't think it matters much for the culture it doesn't matter with that but i i i almost can't even i can't even describe it as better than i just described it a couple minutes ago but it it does matter they're human you know beings I mean? they're human beings not mad in simulation and if having a top three draft pick automatically guaranteed you future sustainable success like a lot of people like to say that's what, then guess what? Too. i would i would root for it a whole lot more i would root for tanking a whole lot more of having a top three pick just just snap your fingers automatically led to sustainable success but it kind of doesn't but you want to know what does lead to sustainable success learning how to win even if it doesn't mean all that much 
in the grand scheme of things. Well, it's not even learning how to win. It's having good coaches and good front office, right? Yes, I will. Yes, so how about it's, that? it's that's why that's so whatever. It's um, I, I think I think ninety eight percent of people are like get that. Like when you talk at the tailgate about people with shit like that, most like everyone was like, yeah, I kind of want them to lose, but I'm here and I don't mind if they win. I hope they play right. well. Um, so there is that. That was my way of adding a couple minutes of conversation after you having two-factor authentication issues with the Twitter account. Is there anything else, <laughs> like uh, off of like just specific giants that we need to address? Um, Tommy, DeVito's... I'm really excited for the preview pod. I just want to say, listeners, I'm I'm doing. A... I'm coming for you. Oh, uh, you're exci- okay. You're excited for the for the spread picks. I think I had a good week at fantasy. I don't think I made that much ground. It's unfortunate. You did. That you one, did win fantasy. I'll, we'll we'll do we'll get more details on that. But it's you unfortunate. Saquon didn't get like a touchdown because I. Oh, what do you think of pick. the Saints players doing the Italian celebration? Oh I, yeah, I was going to talk about like you know a little bit of Devito stuff. I hey you know it's, that was good it's a thing. I was I was more mad at the special teams coordinator wearing a Bergen Catholic football uh, shirt. Before the game, like, hey, that's 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 my territory. That's our. I'm very territorial about that kind of stuff. Burton Catholic is much better than Don Bosco and St. Peter's, but um, neither here nor there. Uh, the the agent dressed awesome. Um, he's not a, he's he's again not not a real person. I really like this picture that that came out. I'm gonna start using it for multiple things, and I really like how Joe Shane is in the background as well. So this picture is just basically going to be my reaction when blah 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 blah, and you can use it for anything really. Like my reaction, yeah. my reaction when I gotta take a piss and shit at the same time, and that's my face. Well, if you're doing number two, you're doing always doing number one. That's how that works. My reaction, my reaction when I have Taco Bell at one thirty in the morning, and you gotta go home and shit. I'm not very good at being funny on the spot. I had uh, the because you know what you know what is really tiresome the uh, I feel like more so than the like the O line O line stop talking about any other position but O line I think it's more so like trying to explain like well you can fix the offensive line while still addressing corner oh there was a really funny tweet uh, I'm gonna find it a, a funny me? picture no 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 I'm gonna find oh it, it was it. um Ryan Dizier no 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 it was a uh, Giants Twitter. So here, I'm I'm showing it on. Yeah, on that YouTube. was Ryan Dizier's tweet. Uh, no, it was somebody else. It was it was LV two XLV. Yeah, he stole it from Ryan Dizier. Oh, uh, all right. Dizier. Well, never mind. LV two Giants Twitter. The only place where where well articulated sentences get misinterpreted. You can say we need a QB, and somebody will say so. We don't need an O line. No, bitch. That's a whole new sentence. What the f is you talking about? Yeah. You like me reading that? That's so old. You like me in particular reading that? Yeah, there's an old popular tweet. Um. I think I know it's Ryan. I'm pretty sure I got. It. I'm gonna really feel really bad if I got his last name. No, that, that's a that's a Ryan. That's a Ryan. Thing. But what's his last name exactly? It's not Dizdeer, is it? What it, is it? I, I feel like it is, and I'm gonna be Ryan, and I have been friends. Yeah, it is. It is. It is yes. Dizdeer. Okay, I got it right. Alrighty. All right, Ryan's living it. in London now. How do you huh? like that? He Ryan's living in like London, like overseas. He kind of just picked up and moved one day. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never, I've never, uh, I've never talked with him, but I follow him. Uh, that's an episode. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday for a mailbag pod. 
I'm thinking about not doing an offensive line report and just doing the film review this week. And I think I'm going to put the Packers film review out to, uh, on Monday, too. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about just not doing the offensive line report. Well, you can't make that decision next year. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm doing it this year as well. It's not appreciated. <laughs> okay. Um, or I just, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, make the people miss it. Or may I just go through? You know what? This is going to be the sack game. This is yeah, going to be the sack the one. Because I actually think this was mostly an offensive line. And it's stunt pickup stuff. So it's more. So it's, All right. So the offensive line report this week is only sacks. That was going to be the Seahawks game. But I uh, was traveling uh, to Europa for that one. So I didn't do it. So this is this is the one. We haven't had one of those since 2021. This is the one. So we will be back Wednesday with the mailbag pod. Uh, how many more mailbag? Only three. I, I kind of hate the 17 game season, even if the Giants were winning too. Like I kind of, I, I still hate that. Like it's a 16 week season, and it should be over in two weeks and not not three. So, uh, are we going on WFAN uh, on December 26th? Um, I don't know. I thought I, I, if if they won, I said yes. Like I think if should, they lose, but... we should still be on there. Yeah, like in person. Yeah, I will fly up for that. So, Mirash, did talk to the higher-ups and do what the people want. We'll get 25 right. people named Tim from Florida calling in that day. It'll be wonderful. All right, that's an episode. We'll see you Wednesday for the mailbag. Until then, let's go big blue.